Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblio Steeps in Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by artist Valda Bailey. Good morning, Valda. Hello there. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. Delighted to to have you along this morning to discuss your new book, We May As Well Dance. Um, I know, as I said, in our uh, when we're emailing back and forth, um, it's been one uh, conversation I've been very much looking forward to having since uh, since your book was announced. So, thank you very much for your time this morning. Um, obviously, I'm sure many of you will be aware of Valda's new book, um, which is available through Kozu Books. Um, but before we get into talking about your book, Valda, it'd be great if you could give everyone an introduction to your background and, and your interest in photography and art. Okay. Um... Right. Okay. So um, I'm 63. I live in Sussex. Um, my I've, I've been creative as long as I can remember. Um, I've always had an urge to, to make things, to create things. Um, and and quite um, how I go about that has, has varied over the years. Art and painting were my first um, real passions. I pursued them with great vigour um, from the time when I could hold a pen or a paintbrush. Um, photography came along when I was about um, 13 or 14 Um, and again I sort of dived into it with great enthusiasm learned as much as I could went off to night school with my dad actually to learn obviously back then it was all about um, it was um, film photography Um, so uh, I set up a dark room and I really enjoyed the process the hands-on element of um, playing with chemicals and seeing things sort of develop in front of your eyes Um, it's absolutely magical uh, I put photography aside in my 20s and, and I guess, you know, life takes us on a different journey, but I continued to paint for the next few decades. Okay. Um, I used to attend workshops and what have you, never really um, making the work that I wanted to. Um, the one thing I was really interested in when I was younger was was um, graphic art and, and cartooning. Um, I used to draw cartoons. I had had a few published and I thought for a while that was what I was going to do. And I think that probably informs the way um, or or how I uh, make my images today. The fact that I quite like strong graphic shapes. Um, I'm clearly not that big on subtlety. Um, (laughs) And and I question this quite a lot, but but I think, you know, you get to a stage, you realise you're sort of hardwired to be a certain way. And looking back at at my interests when I was younger, as I say, graphic design, bold graphic shapes, typography, all of that that kind of thing is something that absolutely fires me up. And, um, you know, I said, sort of soft, gentle, um, photographic type rendering is perhaps not not my thing so much. Anyway, photography came back into my life when I was I don't know probably mid-50s um, and digital photography was was really sort of just becoming viable yep. um, I got into Flickr somebody introduced me to Flickr and again I was away I thought my god I'd really sort of jump in with both feet um, in the meantime I'd sort of I'd left a trail of various creative hobbies um, <laughs> mosaics um, stained glass um, needlework um machine um, embroidery, all, all sorts of creative things, trying to sort of Absolutely. find something. Um, anyway, I thought, you know, photography really sort of chimed with me again. Um, and I, I pursued it with some enthusiasm for several years, always trying to find a way to make images that were were mine, if you like. Um, conventional landscape photography didn't really appeal because at the time I viewed it as sort of calendar images, um, yes. you know, quite predictable i hesitate to use the word cliche because you know one person's cliche is another person's masterpiece but um you know i could see these these images on calendars and i thought well it's not really my thing they were sort of too perfect almost of course i now realize that landscape photography as a genre is so much more than that um (laughs) and it wasn't until um i came across chris's work chris real um in in a magazine and i i did a double take at this image it was you know to all intents and purposes, it looked like a Rothko painting to me. It was a couple of slabs of colour, and I couldn't believe that this could possibly be a photograph. Um, and it turned out that he was using ICM, intentional camera movement. Yep. Um, and um, I'd sort of wobbled my camera a bit in the past and thought, oh, I quite like that, but I'm, you know, I'm not really allowed to do that. I can't, you know, it's, it's yes. not a thing. It be fixed, <laughs> yes, no movement. <laughs> right. um, so anyway, I um, I thought, well, I've got to learn about this. This is, this is where I need to be. Um, Research Chris, discovered that he didn't do workshops or anything like that. And for this, Doug Chinnery um, was teaching Chris's methods. So I booked a one-to-one with Doug. I was so impatient. I couldn't wait for a group session. So I think he came down the following week. I got to meet Chris. 
started wobbling my camera around. And at the time I had a, I had a Leica. Um, I don't know. I think I probably thought I was going to be <laughs> the next car song or something. <laughs> and I, that still tells the story of how I sort of rocked up um, at the coast, um, on the, the Kent coast with this bag full of Leica lenses sort of crashing around. I've never been very good with my kit. I have to say I'm not, not the most um, careful person. And so I started sort of wobbling this Leica around, which I'm sure seems sacrilegious to many, but um, as soon as I started playing, I realized that, yeah, you know, I was absolutely hooked. Shortly after that, I think I played it in. Um, and then multiple exposure came along. And again, it was Chris that first championed this way of subverting what the people at Canon um, had um, enabled the cameras to do uh, with multiple exposure. Obviously, they, they hadn't intended for us to use it in the way that Chris discovered. Yes. I, I mean, he's such a brilliant pioneer. I can't praise him enough. He's, he's a creative genius um and so you know again i jumped on his bandwagon he's very good about it bless him um and um spent two years trying to beat chris friel um maybe not quite two years but you know i now realize that we all learn by copying other people um and then finally i think i sort of managed to move away and channel a, a path of my own and um i certainly never expected to be doing what I'm doing now. I, you know, I was just a sort of middle-aged housewife who was just going to quietly disappear off into the sunset. <laughs> teaching people all over the world and exhibiting. And, and I honestly don't know how it's happened. It's just the most bizarre thing. Yeah. Um, so that potted history, there you go. Yeah. But it must, it must be so incredibly rewarding uh, to see everyone admire and, in, and enjoy, enjoy your work. And as you say, it just, it just shows how, how things can progress if you, you go down your particular path. And you, I, I'd imagine you, you've obviously been heavily influenced by your, your previous um, artistic background and artistic interests as well, which, um, which I, I think is great. And while you say you, you, you tried various different artistic uh, hobbies maybe as such i'm sure they all they all have influence in terms of your work in terms of the patterns and and the subject form that you're you're creating because uh, it it's is your the work that you produce is not a is not a style of work that i personally would would go out to 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 create myself and um, but that's I, I, as you say everyone's got their own personal taste but i i thoroughly enjoy seeing all your new work just as i enjoy seeing chris's work and doug's work and everyone else who's who's doing um this this style of of art oblique photography for, for me whether you use a camera or whether it's a combination of things really makes no difference to to me whatsoever i take as i said before i think i take about a 30 second less than 30 seconds to work out how you've maybe done it but uh, beyond that i i don't really think about it because um I'm just on some of the some of the work in the book. I'm just fixated on the, the patterns and the textures, and it's got a real feeling of depth. Some of them that you can actually, I can imagine actually just the the physical element of that, which is maybe comes down to the paintings and looking at like an oil painting, whereby you can actually see the physical layers of the oils built up. And then some of your images mm -hmm. are really that really really comes across very very strongly. And as I was saying before. And when I was speaking to my wife about your your book, I always like to discuss the books with her the, the, mm -hmm. the night before because she's from an artistic background. I'm definitely not from an artistic background. And as I was saying, she was reeling off a whole list of artists who she thought could potentially be influences. And then I went onto your website, looked up your bio and, and basically read half of them back to her afterwards. So it's, it's interesting to see how, how these things do, do connect. But uh, I think the work that you've produced, it's, it's an incredible body of work, Valda. Um, it really is. And I'd just really be interested to know, and obviously this started back in 2020 when lockdown kind of kicked in and everything like that. And just interested to know, what, what was your kind of starting point for this project? Um, uh, that's a good question. Um, it's hard to pinpoint an exact uh, yes. starting point. It was a sort of slow evolution, I, I guess. Yep. Um, I published a, a, a small book called Fragile in, I don't know, 2015, 2016, I think. Yeah. Um, it sort of got carried along on, on the crest of a wave with a lot of other people who were publishing yes. these little books in the series with um, Triple Kite. Um, and a few people had sort of mumbled things about you know are you going to bring out another book and because i'm I'm interacting with an awful lot of people every day with this, the teaching um yes. certainly with lockdown you know the way i 
teach has, has obviously changed and so I'm coming in contact with an awful lot of people who perhaps enjoy this type of work and um you know I appreciate it everybody um and so a few people were sort of asking and and I I I knew that that Greg would probably be be happy to work with me he'd sort of you know intimated as much yes and then you know lockdown happened and I thought well you know maybe this is you know this is quite an extraordinary thing for the globe for the planet for everybody on the planet we're all going to experience it in different ways um you know maybe I could um try to um, convey some of the emotions, some of the feelings, some of the things that I was going through. And obviously at that point, I had no idea what was gonna happen six, 12 months down the line. You know, I suppose we all assumed it would be 12 months, we'd be done and dusted. Indeed, and back <laughs> well, to normal. Normal, um, it sort of didn't pan out like that. Um, so um, I got in touch with Greg and yeah, he was really sort of enthusiastic and, and Doug also um, encouraged me. Of course, Doug, you know, produced a book a couple of years ago, which was enormously successful yes. and um, a very admirable body of work. And I just thought it would be a challenge as well, um, perhaps ill-advised, because once lockdown started, Doug and I found ourselves, we were literally doing 70, 80 hour week um, with all the teaching. All our teaching had to be repurposed to, to present oh online. So it wasn't as if I was kicking my heels thinking, you know, it's locked up on board. What am I going to do? Uh, just, you know, the, it was the, op the opposite, the opposite proper, probably actually longer working days, working weeks. Yeah. I mean, let's throw something else into the mix. Why don't we? Um, and, and so I just started, obviously, you know, we couldn't go anywhere, but one of the things I absolutely believe in is you can make images anywhere. And that's what is for me is so appealing about this way of shooting, you know, the challenge of looking around a room that perhaps you sat in every day for the last 20 years and thinking, well, what, what haven't I seen? Or what, what, how can I view something in a different way? Whether it's a shadow on a wall or a door handle or, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, and I really enjoy that process of making myself think. Um, so about half the images were sort of shot around my home. Some were repurposed from previous tours. Uh, to, I mean, I fully believe that the creative process doesn't stop when I take the card out of the camera. It continues, you know, yes. beyond. And the ideas continue to evolve when I'm editing. Um, and so I just slowly started um, with a few ideas about um, how I was feeling, perhaps how the world was feeling, what, what the emotions were um, in this house. And, and I just uh, allowed it to evolve slowly, I suppose. I think after about three or four months, um, we made the decision to announce it on social media. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a thing then. And um, I, it just sort of continued. What I didn't realise was that my mum was going to get really sick halfway through. And, yes. and obviously that um, that sort of changed the direction of the thing. Um, she'd come over to stay with my husband and I for her 90th birthday. Um, and very shortly after that, um, it became clear there was something very, very wrong with her. It turns out she had vascular dementia, which apparently can... Um, progressed very very quickly and indeed it did yeah. um, I didn't she wasn't able to go back to her home in Jersey so we ended up looking after her for the last six months of her life um, which was my god it was it was challenging it was really challenging because I was teaching doing this book I'm just juggling a million balls oh, and having to yeah. do the fact that, that my mother was fading um, before my eyes and I thought well I'm going to have to include this in some way because it's to not do so do so perhaps not be very truthful. Um, I knew that I didn't want to photograph her yeah. in a realistic way. I mean, not least because informed consent um, yes. is not going to be forthcoming. And, and it wasn't, you know, yeah. I, I know other people have done it and done it very sensitively, but that wasn't for me. So I relied on your and suggestion. And, you know, once you go down that road, um, you've got to be very careful that you don't become cliched and obvious and all the rest of it. And, you know, <laughs> um, the old um, egg timer with the sand, you know, falling That's through. That's it, um, indeed. It, you know, it's fraught with difficulty and, uh, you know, I might look back in, in a few years and think, oh, my God, what was I thinking? Um, and obviously, um, a lot of the images are quite abstract. So I put an awful lot of care into choosing the titles. You know, not everybody titles their images. There are two schools of thought. Um, you can, you know, no title at all, or you can tell the image, tell the, the, the viewer what, what the image is, or you can be slightly more oblique. Yes. And I prefer to be slightly more oblique, hint at what I was thinking without, you know, I don't want to be redundant and tell them what they can see, but I, equally, I don't want to be too esoteric and, you know. Absolutely. Um, so there were 104 images and I had to come up with 104 titles. <laughs> Um, yeah. So you know, never never take the easy road. Obviously, <laughs> I, 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 when I was looking through them, I, I I genuinely take my hat off to you for coming up with 104 unique 
specific titles for for actually, every work. Actually, a, a disclaimer. Um, one of my very dear friends uh, pointed out to me, um, you've repeated the same title on one image, and I said, no, I haven't. I've been through, you know, three four times, and we've proofread it. But sure enough, the same title has crept into two images. I'm afraid, oh, but, but only only on one image. <laughs> That, that, to be honest, that's that's still not, but still very impressive going because, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of thought process as you say goes into just even coming up with image titles. It's do you go for the obvious? Do you go for something that's so far removed that actually it, it bears no resemblance, or do you go for something in between and that allow yeah. that allows one your your thought and your emotion to come across, but also enables the viewer to to put in their own thought and emotion. And the the one thing I I love about your I love about your work is every picture holds me because I'm looking through it and I'm, I'm immediately drawn into what the shapes were. And it's, it's interesting when you talk about your, your interest in cartoons and the strong typography and stuff like that, I can immediately now see how that really correlates with some of, with some of the images in particular, whereby there's the really bold structures or the bold face shapes or, or whatever it is and, and how, how that kind of interlinks and as you say obviously clearly an influence and, and not not for a not for a subtle approach but it, it's great mm -hmm. it's work that work that holds your attention that makes you think for yourself and create your own view of it um is 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 for me is 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 is, is, is really valuable really interesting and i love the japanese uh, slight connections with some of the work as well um mm -hmm. I love Japan. It's, it's probably my favourite country to visit. Um, yes, don't, don't rub it in. We've just postponed our spring trip plan for the third, second time, I think, and we've postponed the autumn one twice as well. Um, and I'm desperate to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with Daniel. He knows the country really well, um, but we still can't get yeah, there, unfortunately. Yeah, my, my wife, one of my, wife, my wife's best friends is living and working in Tokyo at the moment. So at some point, hopefully, once we're able to go, um, it will be great to go back and then... I can go and do some photography and my wife can go and visit all the gardens with her friend who loves all oh, the gardens, as, who loves all the gardens as well. Um, I'll be, I've seen a lot of them myself, but, uh, but no, yeah, it, it's great that the, the Japanese feel of, of some of the work and some of the patterns. Um, I think my, my wife was, was mentioning was the Katy weave. I think it was, she said she got a feeling for that across some mm -hmm. of her work as well. Um, but how, in terms of obviously you've broken it down into different chapters, how, how did you come up with that, I suppose, that approach to it or, or was that part of the story that you were wanting to tell? Um, I suppose um, it was uh, partly a visual thing because I felt I wanted to sort of constrain sections of the book yes. rather than have a hundred odd pages with, with no another. sort of break. Yeah, yeah. With no sort of. You know, um, nothing to divide them. Um, so I felt uh, the best way um, for me, um, I certainly didn't want to do a lot of writing because, um, you know, I think there's a huge amount of pressure on photographers these days to write about their work. And yeah. one of the reasons that we take photographs is because we <laughs> ourselves visually, not verbally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, um, you move in certain circles and you are required to write. Um, and obviously, you know, write intelligently if you can manage it. So, But I didn't want to do pages and pages. I know, you know Doug has written poetry. I can't do that either. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to sort of put some chapters in. And I just felt that was a way to... Um, and again, I suppose, because the style of the, the work is quite diverse, you know, it's sort of all over the place. It's not nice and constrained. There's all sorts of ideas going on. Yep. Um, and, and for me, I felt the best way to try to coordinate um, sections of the book was to put it into chapters and try to um, evoke the emotions that I was perhaps feeling or, um, you know, the... the, the uh, the atmosphere in the country or, you know, whatever was going on at that time. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, you know, the chapters were sort of moved around a bit and I went back to other uh, beginning chapters after the event and, you know, sort of rearranged them and all that sort of stuff. But that was yeah. the sort of broad outline of how I approached it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think as you say, it's over the over the pe period of time over the period of time which you were which you were preparing the work. I think yes, as you say, we we start off in lockdown thinking right, we'll be in this for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, that turns to six weeks, turns to three months, and then yes, it's right. What's the next stage? Are we coming out of this? And I think I think the way you've you, the way that you've separated it, I, I like the. I like the like the eggs the edge of darkness. Then we may as we may as well dance, and then the long road home to finish with, which I think is is really very appropriate for. Hopefully, we are on the hopefully, well. Hopefully the long we road home, home. Been slightly longer than I I'd, I'd anticipated. 
<laughs> I, I, I think I think you you wrote that maybe in June or something like that. And uh, yes, it's it's maybe been a twelve month long yeah. road home, but yes. um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's been really. It's for me. It feels very well structured. I like the the small elements of text as well. As you say, people maybe feel a bit obliged to write lots and lots these days. Um, but I, I think that I think there's always something nice. It just helps to break it up. And I, th- I think also the the chapters, as you say, instead of having just one book full of a lot of images, actually the chapters helps kind of create a slight definition in terms of maybe the change in mood from one from the initial period to the next period that the country was feeling or that you were feeling and um, that I think people can relate to as well which which I think helps mm-hmm. um yeah I mean like that that was certainly my intention um yeah I have to say that lockdown suited me fine actually I, I really didn't suffer too much I'm, I'm you know I'm more than happy in my own company and um I think you know most creative people can usually amuse, amuse themselves for hours days on end um what was really extraordinary the way time sort of took on a, a different dimension almost you know it, it, the days sort of just concertinaed into each other and all of a sudden whoops there's another month gone and you would think when you're sort of you know shuffling around your home not really doing much that's very different from the day before that time would drag, but it, it didn't, it, it just, I, it was just, it was a strange sensation. Um, yeah. Obviously something that's important to depict, but um, I did want to try to um, convey that sort of strange repetition, sort of groundhog day um, that was, was going on and on. And, you know, that sense of, um, you know, we were all sort of uh, constrained and, and um, locked away in our houses and couldn't go out and we couldn't, I'm so desperate to mention Boris, but, Let's perhaps not go there. I mean, it's very topical this morning, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think everything's pre- everything's pretty topical. And I think Boris has been pretty topical for the last eighteen months, as, as have every other political leader, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yes. But yes, yeah, I think it's it's always a strange one. And as you say, creative creative people are maybe yeah, possibly quite quite content because they they very much do operate within a self bubble for a certain mm. extent so i suppose it's and it's very much an emotional thing that that we create it's even if you're just doing standard landscape photography there's still the connection and the emotion to the work yeah. and that That's i'm it. sure for people has has changed over the last uh, 18 months as well as as it has done for for yourself and i'd be interested to know how did you did you find any challenges in terms of producing any of the work at any point in terms of I suppose it's uh, how did you find anything that was challenging to represent how you were maybe particularly feeling at that time, or did you find that that produced different a, a slightly different style of work from what you would normally produce? Um, a couple of people have mentioned that the images are quite dark. Um, <clears throat> I think that's partly the sort of printing process. Obviously, yes. you see it on a back screen on Instagram and and yeah, things yeah, are vibrant. Yeah. Um, but there was certainly. A darkness and uncertainty which which fed into um the choices that i made when i was editing the image and also exposing you know when i was out with the camera yeah. um with regard to was it challenging not especially not no more than than no any more. other yeah. shooting project i don't think because i'm always trying to figure out what i'm trying to say and and those the ideas because of the way that i approach my image making you know i'm sort of building up um, images in the frame, um, in a in a uh, to create a composite, um, and the the ideas almost by necessity evolve as I as I go through the process because you're never quite sure what the camera is is going to do in a given situation, and each decision you make is predicated on what the last decision has given you a bit like a bit like a painter if you like. So yes. you're building things up. Right? Yeah. So I think um, you have to allow the ideas to, to to sort of flow and evolve, um, which which I did. Um, and perhaps what I ended up with was not what I imagined I was going to produce in the first place. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, the challenges inherent in uh, producing a book are are many and varied. Um, <laughs> firstly, you, you absolutely at this level, you really don't do it for the money. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Without about the number of hours, um, <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears, and toil that would go into to making it. Um, that's that's not the um, that's not the objective at all. Um, but like anything else, you know, it's a challenge, um, I suppose. And um, I found it incredibly rewarding uh, at times. But I, th- I suppose the difficulties really uh, arose, not particularly um, making the work. Um, and I have to say that 
um, the control freak in me um, had me print out every single image um, and send it to Greg because you know this is how I want them to look. This is how the printing you know needs, this is what it needs to approximate. I sort of sequenced them all. I mocked up the book, and I'm not a book designer, but it all went into a proper document. And you yeah. know, um, I remember <laughs> having a conversation with Greg right at the beginning, saying, you know, how 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 painful is this process going to be when you look at the work and decide that you know you want to completely rearrange it. And he came back at me and said, well, it depends how much of a diva you're going to be. <laughs> um, and um, I, I don't know. I think we, you know, we, we thrashed it out without too much angst, but it took a long time, a long, long time um, from the time that I submitted what I felt was the finished book with the sequence um, to us. You know, back, I think there were 30 or 40 different editions that, that came oh. back between us, PDFs, where things had been changed and things had been moved and all the rest of it. Um, and that that was really trying. And then the, the actual production process, um, again, COVID, I guess, hold, held up all sorts of supply yes. chains. Mm-hmm. There was delay after delay after delay. It should have, uh, the gallery in America who um, had an exhibition of my work in uh, last summer, uh, September, I think, they wanted the book for then. And I promised them, yeah, we'll get it for September. That's absolutely fine. Of course, that didn't happen. Um, and then another month went by and it was at one point it was looking like it wasn't even going to get out for Christmas. And, and I absolutely hate, I know people aren't sort of, you know, hanging on for this, you know, with their, every ounce of their being, but having promised people that it's going to be there by a certain, I don't like letting people down. Absolutely. So the fact that, that sort of out of my hands was, was a real frustration. Um, yeah. And perhaps the hardest part about it, all those sort of stresses where I wasn't really in, totally involved in, um, what was happening yeah that, that's and i think i think as you see you point out you've you've got your you've got your vision of how this is going of how of how your work is going to look hence why you print every image out because this this is how the image should look because it is it's it's you're you're sending your work out to the world and people who and okay yes everyone's looking at them on instagram nicely brightly colored back screens with the saturation color very high so it does there's it's maybe brighter than otherwise but it's still how you envisage things to look in the book and people Mm. are receiving that and the there is they have an expectation and and you you have that that desire for control as i think anyone does when you're sending your your work out to the world and um you've got as you say you've spent 18 months pulling or however many months pulling the work together creating the work sequencing the work giving due thought in terms of what images what pieces of work all work well together that uh, yeah i can only imagine it's a challenging process um um but equally when when you get to the finished product exceptionally rewarding but yeah when you're dealing with the covid challenges as well of supply chains it must be very frustrating i'm not i'm not sure the final the final part of the process is that rewarding, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't been able to look at the book properly. Um, you know, it's partly hearing yourself on tape, that type of thing, but also yep. because I look at it now and I, all I can see how it should have been better. I'm, I'm sure in, in 12 months' time, you know, yes. that might have changed, but at the moment I, I can't sort of go there. It just seems, you know, um, I mean, people have been very nice about it, but then that's the nature of it. You know, they're not going to come back and tell me it's going to be bad. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, but well, that that that's that's very true. But it, it is it's been beaut- it's been beautifully produced as well. And okay, I, you may you may think that yeah, there's one or two bits and pieces you would you would do differently. But I suppose it's always it's always a learning process. But in terms of the obviously you mentioned you did a lot of the sequencing, and there was obviously maybe a few changes as well. Um, between yourself and Greg to to get it into order, but I I I, I take it you're still you're still very pleased with with how with how it's progressed or or how how it oh, yeah. Out. yeah 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 yes, I am yeah Greg has done a great job and and as I say there were challenges um yep. pretty much every step of the way and 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 it partly because of COVID and and say supply chains and what have you yeah um you know we chose to choose the paper and that wouldn't be available and and we want to have this Swiss binding and the color of the thread and the color of the end paper you know it it was just you know, stress upon stress. And of course, you know, Greg has other other things going on as well. It's not just about me, me, me. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the easiest person to deal with, but um, I'm very pleased with with how it looked, certainly. Yeah, I, 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 I must say, I, I love the end papers. I think the, the colours are just fantastic. And it's lovely that you can see, you see the colour of the, the stitching as you work your way through the book as well. But in, in, terms, of, in terms of the work, I, there was one image I particularly... In fact, the majority, all the images I really do like, but I really did like on the edge on page on page 29, I thought 
There was there was a love. Oh, lovely... good! I'm really pleased about that. Um, I mean, I'm, I really love abstract images, yeah. abstraction. But um, when I'm working with abstraction, I like there to be a hint of some sort of vague reference to reality, what it might be. And that sort of looks like a fish and it just happened. I mean, obviously it wasn't, but it, the shapes sort of um, came together and, yep. you know, this element. Of, um, and that's what I really enjoy working with, the fun that you can have, you know, sort of teasing the view, if you like, as to you know, what it might be and, and what it might yeah. refer to. Yeah. Um, but generally those aren't the images that are popular. People tend to like the trees and, you know, something yeah. very sort of recognisable. Um, I, a bit I, like a photograph, but not. Yeah, well, that's it. And the other, I, well, I, I like, I like, I like the ones that are really, whether they're maybe far more abstract, far more layers, or really just make make me think because that it's not, it's not, as I say, it's not the work that I would, I would shoot myself. So it, it's really, really challenging from from that point of view, and I, I really enjoy. And I think a glimpse of simple beauty as well, which has got the, the very much the typography in the background when you were talking about your cartoon and how and how the typography this was immediately the image that I, I thought of because I think yeah, it's you can really just see the lovely big bold print that's overlaying the, the vase with the with the flowers. Um, but yeah, it's it, the 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 work the work's really nice. I love the tonal variation through the images as well. I love the chapter towards the end whereby you're bringing in just the touches of red, the poppies. I think it was mm -hmm. in one of the in some of the in some of the fields as well. Um, it, it, the the ones that I thought that were the most uh, tr tr landscapey sort of things were were the darkness within and. Uh, Lost in the Shallows, which were, I think, those ones. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they seemed, they seemed certainly the far more landscapey, if, if that's, if that's maybe a non-technical term, so to speak. Well, I suppose we weren't able to, to, to go very far, so there, yes. there are few, far fewer of those than, uh, you yeah. know, perhaps there would have been if, if we were travelling. Yeah, but, uh, but no, it's the, the, the flowers, the textures, the patterns, really really nice just the wonderful combinations and and the the, the colors some of some of the colors are quite maybe quite dark and um, but i think it works really well for for the subject matters that you're you're working with and the, the layers that you're building up and i i yeah i think i think the book's wonderful i, I really do it's uh, be being beautifully it's printed re really really nice size of book as well it's not for me it's not too big but it's equally not too small it's, it's something that you can really sit down with and and work your way through and just immerse yourself in the work as i'm sure anyone who's uh, who's picked up a copy is probably doing um, and anyone who's listening who's not got a copy i can only highly recommend it. it it really just it does make your mind work make your work mind think about things and uh, it, it can only can only inspire really and, and create some form of a uh, an influence and and make me think about my own work as well. Um, really, well really. Trying to be say, I know it's not a way of shooting that appeals to to most people. Um, and um, but but if you know if you are into that way of shooting, it, it for me it's the best fun because I get to play with color, and color has always been my thing. And and yeah. shooting this way, I can choose the colors. You know, I don't have to rely on what's been given to me my mother nature. I can I can play with those colors. Um, and that's how I spend my time in, in, in post-processing is just um, colour relationships is something that's really um, yes. interesting to me. How one colour, you can just change the hue or the intensity, intensity of it just slightly. And all of a sudden, the whole composition changes, the feel of the picture changes um, and how two colours sort of sit next to each other. Um, and I, I spend a ridiculous amount of time, you know, just manipulating colours. I, I can imagine, and, it's, and I realise that's that's a pretty new thing. Everybody's currently. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can also imagine how how much how how much you how much time you can spend making adjustments and coming back and just finessing it, making only ever so slightly slight tweaks, and again, just how those minute tweaks. Once you go back and come back, it, it just takes on a, it take a, the the work takes on an entirely different uh, entirely different feel to it as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean that's absolutely yeah the, the sort of narrative and the feel of the movie change completely. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah it's 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 something that uh, yeah it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea. But at the same time, even though it's not my way of shooting, um, 
I can still take influence and inspiration from it, as I'm sure many other people do. It's like I don't shoot portraits either, and I've got plenty of books where I enjoy seeing landscape combinations with people. Um, and I think we can all be influenced by it, just yeah. as we're influenced by artists as well, and paintings and and drawing. Um, it all it all forms and all feeds part of the artistic work that someone produces. I think it's really important to immerse ourselves in all sorts of visual arts, you know, not just photography, painting, cinema, you know, whatever, um, all sorts of creative outlets. Um, they all feed into the, um, call it the creative compost heap in our head and, and you know, keep feeding it. And, and um, it comes out in your work in, in, in many ways. You know, the ideas just bubble up as soon as you immerse yourself in, in all these other disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And also taking influences from other other parts of the world. Japan's a great example. You you oh, look at you yeah. look at, at, at things over in Japan and um, and just how how things are slightly different. And again, those all feed back into it. It's um, such a a rich and unique culture. And the same applies for the likes of African countries, South American countries everywhere it's it, you just you bring together so many influences and just ideas and inspirations that all feeds and 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 can help improve and enhance enhance the work that you're producing yourself yeah I mean, we've been incredibly lucky Doug and I we um after lockdown we were sort of started offering four-week courses and um after about six months people started to come and say look we need something a bit more you know this is not going to end anytime soon so we put together a 12-month program and then we realized that we had to produce presentations every month because we were meeting once a month. Um, and so, you know, you mentioned Japan. I, one, one month I covered the art of Japan and the compositional ideas and, and, and the tools they use, the colors they use, the techniques they used, and um, everything that fed into making work that, um, you know, um, uh, was made in Japan. And my God, it was absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, I came away learning so much um but these are all influences that have fed into my work over the years and and to be able to expand on that and and sort of throw these ideas out to people um was just um so rewarding and so much fun yeah. and you realize that obviously not every topic that you cover is going to gel with everybody but you know we went into surrealist art and the Bauhaus and you know all sorts of different um ideas that you know maybe if you just take one little snippet from from that subject and, and feed it into your work maybe there's an idea there to pursue um yeah. so it was it was we've just come to the end of the course and it's been great fun yeah as you say not everything appeals to everyone but I, I think it's important for everyone to open their mind up to to what is out there because yes you might sit and listen to a, a presentation on something and it's it, 99% of it doesn't appeal but there might be that one little snippet that actually does and you think yeah, yeah that right that connects to my work in such a way or I can relate to that from something locally or, mm -hmm. or whatever it is and I, mm -hmm. I think all these things just seek to enhance and improve our, our knowledge and under, understanding and, um, and, and and yeah it's 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 great to have an open mind as a as opposed to a closed mind that's that's the one thing I've certainly learned over the years and certainly enjoy and my, my wife and her parents are both very very artistic backgrounds so mm -hmm. um, from painting um, so I get a lot of influence and interest from them and a lot of be surrounded by all that creativity yeah uh, was in your absolutely and it's it's a very different creativity um so which, which makes it really appealing and, and 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 lots and lots of knowledge and yeah it's you go out to see my in-laws and I come away with different names to have to come back and research all the time but it, it's great to just see how okay right that's what they're looking at and it might just be the shapes that mm. someone has painted or something like yep. that that I can then relate to the sort of photography yeah. I want to do and, and for me that's that's part that's part of it and it's, it's all one big journey we never stop learning no, I know. And it's so exciting. You know, we've got all this information at our fingertips now. It's it's so easy for us to research stuff. <laughs> that, that's it. You go, go online, Google search, and all of a sudden you come up with a whole bundle of, oh, right, okay, that's the person's work. As opposed yeah, to yeah. if you went back 20 years, you have to go down to your library or wherever it was to try and find out some information. Yeah, when I sort of turn my computer off at night and I'm sort of probably talking about 10 o'clock at night, you know, I woke up the next morning, there's about 10 tabs open that I've, you know, I haven't had a chance to pursue, but, you know, I'll get round to it. Um, so many different leads to follow. It's, um, well, it well, that, that's the same from, from doing these podcasts when I hear all the book suggestions from everyone else. I have just whole hosts of tabs that are... I can imagine, that must be... Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's overwhelming. That, well, that's it. I bet, but it's what, what's great for me is that 
I then go on and I'll research all the suggestions because a lot of them I've not heard of. But when you mm-hmm. research, when I research those suggestions, I'm then finding out their inspirations and I'm then yeah, researching. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm 10 tabs down and I've only mm-hmm. researched the, the first photographer. But it's yeah, great. Still only eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that that's it. It's, it's great. I don't need I don't need to be buying their books, but it opens me. It opens your eyes up to different types of work, different styles of work, different combinations. How people bring different things together, um, and 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 for me that that's that's part of the real enjoyment. And it is it's seeing where what other inspirations people have and and how they don't necessarily correlate to the work that they're producing. Because I think that's also it's also quite interesting when someone is maybe abstract or someone is traditionally landscape or portrait and in fact they are really heavily influenced by a total different genre of photography or art um, mm-hmm. and I, I also find that quite interesting as well. Yeah I mean yeah I, listening to you talk and the enthusiasm I mean it just just absolutely fires me up and it makes me realize how lucky I am um, to have this in my life you know I mean there's many people who sort of spend their silver years if you like chasing a little white ball around 18 miles of um, golf course and, and <laughs> you know they can't I mean let's leave aside the, the outfits that they have to wear um, that can't be as much fun can it as, as, as no. what we get to do yeah um, I, I, absolutely albeit I do love I do love doing a bit of photography on a golf course when it's covered in snow because you just, oh I can you, imagine yeah, yeah absolutely. beautiful just nice curves yeah. and they're they're well manicured from that point of yeah view. I mean with apologies to the golfers out there yeah <laughs> not my thing <laughs> no that's it but absolutely it's it it's a wonderful thing being able to being able to take inspiration and change and take a different approach to things and you come across something that all of a sudden just changes your approach or you come across a photographer or an artist who who really inspires and you think actually yeah I, I really do like that it's like all the books I've got behind me on on these bookshelves it's great when I'm just sitting down working on some images and I'm working on something I think yeah okay right I've seen something similar and I, I can genuinely remember most of where I've seen it and it's the ability just to pick the book up and have a look through it. Yes, that's what, that's what it relates to. And then generally, then generally I procrastinate to forget about doing the work and I just sit and, <laughs> sit and read the books for a wee while. Um, I can't say I blame you. But that, that's it. And it, it's great. I enjoy the, the books are great because you can sit down and enjoy them in your own time as opposed to flicking through it on screen it's mm. it's you can immerse yourself you can leave the wee po- you can leave wee bits of tabs of paper in on the images that really inspire oh, yeah. or appeal to you and things like that and um, that you might come back to it's like as you say it's when you talk about your own work and how you've you've shot work maybe differently from previous workshops and now you're 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 re-editing it because you've your your approach has maybe changed to that work and i found looking back through images where i've maybe taken an image and I've actually gone back and thought, no, in fact, that's not the image I want. It's this wee crop here that's previously I would have totally ignored it. But, yeah, you, but yeah. it's it's over time your your interests and your your approach maybe changes or or what's just kicking around in your head at one given time thinks, right, okay, well, actually, this is, I, I don't mind the original image, but actually now it's this bit here. And I, th- I think it's, it's great that we've also got the ability to go back and rework old work and I know a lot of people have been doing that with lockdown not being able to get out but um, which again just shows that it'd be great to see some people go back and re-edit their old work to say well how how would you actually bring this up what would you change from your perspective how would you change the colours would you maybe totally readjust them rebalance them switch them all around and it's great from that point of view. Yeah I mean obviously you know creative ideas continue to evolve or at least you know if they don't you're probably doing something wrong you know we can't you can get stuck in a rut but um to get satisfaction i think you know ideas do evolve and change and um certainly you know as wonderful as as it is to have all this information and all these ideas floating around uh, one of the frustrations um that bubble up every now and again is is this fact that you, you know you're never going to get there wherever there is this mythical mythical there yeah. that is clearly somewhere um i can't remember which artist that it was so is it Cezanne? He said um, when he was, you know, really quite old, you know, he gets over one hill and there's another bigger hill in the distance. And, and really that's absolutely how it feels. And, and, and most of the time it's a wonderful challenge, but there are times when imposter syndrome bubbles up and you sort of think, well, you know, this is just such a slog and you're never going to get there. Uh, thankfully, those times are few and far between. But um, I think it is 
it is one of the frustrations of having so much information at our fingertips. You can, you can get overwhelmed by it. And, as you say, it's, it's where do you stop? Where do you draw the line? Where do you actually say, right, okay, this, this is finished and move on to the next. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of these things you can, you can sit and make constant tweaks to everything, but actually it's, it is, it's drawing the line under stopping and saying, right, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going to move yeah. on. This is, this is, this has come to an end, this section, and it's, I've captured a moment in time here, but, and now I'm going to move on to the next point. And I think that's the great thing with books as well. You, you're, a book only captures a moment in time. There's never any reason to say, well, I can't go and redo the work or improve it and enhance it and do something else in the future. And um, it's, it, for me also, it's, it's, I, as much as I collect the nice big hardback books it's also the, the smaller the smaller wee zines that some someone's maybe brought out that's just a project of 12 images for argument's mm-hmm. sake but it can be beautifully presented and it's still it's still a great body of work and it's, it's it, they also become far more accessible to people as well which i which i think is a, a great thing and a great important point and it allows people to, to build up a wee collection of work that maybe can just help and influence them but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh it's a fascinating world um, <clears throat> and a really enjoyable world. And it's, it's, it's something I enjoy very much as a hobby. It's it, for me, it's not a job. It's something to switch off from my, my day job. Obviously it's very different when you're working 50, 60 hour weeks doing online tutorials and work and everything like that to then also have to do your own personal creative work as well. But um but it sounds as though you've been existing quite nicely in your in your bubble for the last <laughs> for the last eighteen months. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the two, two sort of overlap. As I said, I, it was never something that I particularly set out to do. But uh, for one thing, our circumstances changed, so there was a very real imperative to, to earn some money to pay the mortgage. Yeah. Um, and it sort of dovetailed nicely with the teaching, and then you know that, that really sort of took off. And, and you know, it, again, in, although I I do struggle for to get some time. Um, yeah. there's a lot of people who've got far worse things to worry about than that. Absolutely. Um, and the two things, dovetail, right? you know, I'm a great believer in adapting to, to your circumstances. So, you yeah. know, I use the time that I do have, which is usually between sort of seven and nine o'clock at night. Um, so I'm obviously going to go out in the landscape at that time. So I work on the computer and just sort yeah. of play in light yeah. more Photoshop. So, you know, you can, you can always adapt. Absolutely. For sure. um, having that flexibility, I think is, is key. Yeah. Okay. So as, as you know, and as everyone else who listens to this podcast know, I always ask my guests for three, four, five of their favorite photo books or art books from other photographers, other artists. Um, as I've said, I always really find it quite interesting to see what inspires other people. Everyone always says it's really hard to select five. I got it down to 10 and it was hard to get it down to five. Well, as I say, every time, if I said you could have 10, you would get it down to 20 and then it'd be hard to get it down to 10. So um, I'm really interested to hear what uh, what your selections are. Okay, well, I came to this interview lamentably unprepared, lamentably unprepared. <laughs> as you know um i completely forgotten about this, this segment um and um i'm really lucky that you know i've got i've got a library of books that i've collected over you know a couple of decades so um there are a couple of hundred out there um and and ones you know they get forgotten about and they get and, and you know they're not all huge coffee table books obviously yeah. some magazines and you know there's all sorts um so um i suppose um I could have chosen any number of books, as you say, but the ones that I've decided to go with, the first one is, um, I sort of feel I've got to include one from Jay Maisel because he's been a huge influence in me. Um, Before I sort of discovered this way of shooting, I thought street photography would be a way that I could make images that weren't repeatable um, and and be something, you know, that that I can produce um, just for me. Um, and I went to a couple of his workshops um, when he was operating out of the bank building in, in York, and they were absolutely pivotal. They were really light bulb moments. Um, and he continues to be a, a huge influence uh, on my work. Um, and, and one of his books, he's, he's produced several, is, is Light, Gesture and Colour. Um, and this is really what he teaches. It's what photography is about. I get light, light gesture and colour, um, for me anyway. His images are quite graphic. Um, they're, they're obviously um, realistic um, portraits of, of people and cities, um, but there's always a strong graphic element to his work, okay. which really appeals to me as both as frustrated graphic artist. Um, so that would 
um, <laughs> definitely be one, and I still refer back to his teaching uh, even now as I'm, I'm teaching people. The book has been a great influence. Um, the second one um, I've chosen is, is Hold Still by Sally Mann. Um, yeah. It's a memoir with photographs. It's how it's described on Amazon. Um, and I love her work, um, for sure. Um, her story is really interesting. And what I didn't realise about her until I read this book was how beautifully she writes. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's just lyrical. And it's, uh, I've got it on my, beside my bed to, to read again one of these fine days because I so enjoyed um, reading it. And if anybody hasn't read it, I really, really recommend it. Um, it's beautifully written. Um, the third uh, book I've got is one which hasn't got a title, actually. It's called just, it's uh, Laszlo maholi Nage. Um, who I'm really um, influenced by, um, specifically, I suppose, by his photograms. Um, uh, Mahal Minaj was um, uh, involved in the Bauhaus, um, although I was obviously, um, I was aware of his, I've been aware of his work for a long time, but when we, um, when I produced the uh, presentation about the Bauhaus, um, I went to, went into his teaching and his, his work in a lot more detail. Um, and again, the graphic elements um, of his work really appealed to me. It's, it's very, very abstract. Um, but also the way he pushed away at boundaries, um, which is sort of what we're doing, I guess. Yes. Um, so a huge influence that, that he was out there doing, doing all sorts of different stuff um, is, is a massive um, influence. Um, and um, the other book that I've got here is, is one by Ernst Haas, um, right. which is just called Colour Collection. Yeah. Um, Again, um, this is actually, he's, he's one of Jay Maisel's um, influences and you can sort of see why, why Jay gets his, his, some of his ideas and his colors. And again, it's, it's sort of moments uh, in the city, some abstract, uh, some less so, uh, but again, quite graphic, quite abstract. Um, I love his use of color. And just looking at these, this, book, this particular book here, which I haven't picked up for a while, starting to think that maybe my work doesn't look quite so dark in the book after all these are <laughs> quite, quite dark now I see them. Um, so, um, yeah, just, just, you know, the way he's seen shape and, and, and colour and colour relationships and relationships be between um, tonal variations and, yes. and form, um, there's just so much in there. Um, so is, is that enough? That, yeah, that, that's absolutely excellent for for great for great uh, interesting choices. Sally Mann's been mentioned a few times. Um, I know the other that. the other ones are all new, so um, albeit I've heard of it, Ernest has, but I do look forward to having a wee look at Jay's Jay's work. Mm -hmm. It's always uh, it's always really interesting to to go back and have a look at some some new names and just see how, mm -hmm. how their approaches as as we've been talking mm -hmm. about. Um, it can all it can all influence and all be and it's all really interesting so i uh, know yeah great great selections there i'm sure everyone will be uh, very interested to hear what your choices were um <laughs> so yeah um, on that note Val, all i can really say is thank you very much for your time this morning it, it really has been an, an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you about, about your about your work and and about your your book it's a uh, yeah a real privilege and thank Thank you very much for your time. Well, I have to thank you for, for, for giving me the time and the platform and, and thank you to everybody who's listened. Um, I know, you know, perhaps many of the viewers have heard me speak several times with the teaching and the talks and what have you. So I'm sorry if there's any repetition, but I do appreciate um, people's interest. Yeah. Thank you. I never, nope. you know, take it for granted the fact that I have got this, this platform and, and people willing to come and learn from me. Yeah. It's a massive honour and, and a huge responsibility. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's been one of us been a real pleasure, real uh, real uh, real joy just to hear your enthusiasm for your work and your approach to your work and and, and your influences as well. Um, and yeah, just thank you very much, Valda. Cheers. Thank you.